Hey guys, got an episode for you today that I'm really stoked to be bringing you. And what it is, is I'm doing kind of like a conversation interview type podcast with an old friend of mine that I recently hooked back up with. Uh, He is probably one of the hardest working people that I've ever known. And I've asked him to come on today to talk about ambition, drive, business, making money, and how to overcome hurdles of people just trying to shit on your goals and people trying to leech off you and haters and all that stuff. Uh, he's known as The 44, and I'm sure a lot of you know who he is. Um, he was really well known on a lot of the uh, internet anabolic forums and such, and he had a lot of really popular uh, YouTube channels that did really well in the past. And I think if you guys really take in what he says, there's pretty much something in this episode for everybody. So without further ado, let's get the show rolling. Welcome to the Leaving Weakness Podcast. Kids are soft. You like discipline. But I've got news for you. You're not going to have your mommy's run behind you anymore and wipe your little cushions. Oh no, it's time now to turn this mush into muscles. Hey man, thanks for coming on to the podcast. Well, hey, first of all, thanks for having me. It's much appreciated. Good to link back up with you and, uh, you know, join forces on some endeavors and stuff like that. So I'm most appreciative. For those uh, who aren't familiar with me, because after all, I'm not really that big of a deal at all. I'm basically... The, in my opinion, in my opinion only, the number one advocate and promoter of the positive and safe use of anabolic steroids and and all performance enhancing drugs. I'd like to continue to shed a positive light on this option because I view this as an option for all of us who are uh, weightlifters, even though we may not be uh, competing or anything like that. But, you know, we all have to admit that Anabolics does play a major part within the the sport of weightlifting, whether it be powerlifting, bodybuilding, CrossFit, or any type of endurance events. Um, Anabolics have always found a way to find themselves involved in the sport some way. And I think that going about it in a safe manner and uh, if it makes sense, you know, will help uh, shed some of the uh, negativity that's been you know, looming over the heads of, uh, you know, us anabolic users and stuff like that. And, you know, the thing of it is, is that there's so many suppliers and sources out there that one thing that I'd like to do is, you know, recommend sources to people. So that way they know that they're getting quality and reliability and, you know, dealing with people that aren't just going to run off with their, their money and stuff like that or provide them with a bunch of dirty junk that's going to get them sick later on in life. But, you know, if uh, we can go about things together and and share this knowledge, then, you know, that's my goal. That's my end state. Um, It's not to me about being, you know, popular in a race or just trying to have my name out there. Uh, But for me, it's about, you know, the safe use and uh, promotion of anabolic steroid use uh, within the general populace worldwide. Yeah, Yeah. I, I agree with you 100%. I know implementing certain compounds within my life over the past few years, uh, man, my quality of life all around has just improved. And 
you know, I'm no bodybuilder. I'm no um, Mr. Olympia or anything like that. I'm just using it as a mean, basically cheat old age and just improve my life all around. And, you know, there was a study that came out in 2015 about the uh, common user of anabolic steroids. Most of them were people in their 30s and 40s had, you know, jobs paid in excess of over $60,000 a year, uh, had never been to jail. Uh, and most of them were just responsible uh, middle-class Americans. Right, so, right, right. I, that speaks volumes. Yeah. And, you know, people sit there and they, they think, you know, they envision us as, you know, hiding in some dark alley or, you know, in the back of the locker room, you know, uh, just, you know, secretly, you know, conducting business and stuff like that. But if they look at the, the broad spectrum at, at which uh, anabolics are promoted, whether it be on social media or uh, even YouTube and, and different platforms and even on the dark web, I mean, it's out there, you know, and what a lot of people fail to realize is like what you said, the average anabolic user is well-educated, you know, does not have a criminal record, right, is a law-abiding citizen but they are simply trying to better themselves or enhance their quality of life. Because uh, even the gym I go to, which is, which is, you know, by, you know, fault uh, is a bodybuilding gym. There are older guys, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm no young pup. I'm kind of long in the tooth. I'm almost 50, but God damn, really? Yeah. But you know, <laughs> I get all the time that I don't look at, you know, and I'm, I'm, I'm proud of that. In my gym, there are guys that are older than me, probably by, you know, 10, 12 years. And they're on anabolics. But, but looking at them, you can't tell because why they've still got the, the muscle tone, the definition, you know, they're, these guys are actually out there competing in competitions and stuff like that. And they, they look the part. I, I have to admit that anabolics plays a major part in that. I've got two, two brothers when they were my age, they didn't look so hot. They definitely didn't look the way I look, you know? So it's like, you have such a thing as you have, and this is, kind of what you see on a lot of forums. There are people that are going about using anabolics in a wrong manner, which there really isn't a wrong way, but some people can go about things ineffectively. And but what I mean by that is they're not taking and they're not training hard enough. They're not eating properly. You know, if you're going to use an anabolic compound that's going to help you synthesize synthesize your protein more efficiently, why not change up your diet? Right. If you're going to recover faster from your workout, why not push yourself a little harder in the gym? You know, there's there's plenty of us out there and I'm, I'm still learning to this day how to train, you know. To push myself beyond what my mind saw as a as a limit previously in order to revamp my physique, because even though I'm not necessarily uh, an advocate of using a personal trainer because I, I think that people should be self-motivated. And if that's what you want, then you should pursue it on your own. You have to expand your mind to accept the fact that we don't know everything. So therefore, you know, you can, you can reach out to persons that may look the part that you want to look like. I even, I, every, the gym I go to, I reached out. I, I made an assessment after about a week. I watched everybody after a week and I saw this one guy and, you know, there's at that gym, there's maybe just a, a handful of guys, like maybe two that might be bigger than me. And I went to the one guy that I felt his physique was just all of that. And I asked him, you know, and I said, Hey, I'm going to pay you to write me a workout program. You know, 
this is what I, this is what my goal is. You know, if you look at me, you can tell I'm serious about this shit, but I want to take it next level. I want to. Damn. I mean, dude, not to cut you off, but he must've had one hell of a fucking physique. If you were asking that from him, that guy, <laughs> that guy, he, he looks like I've had people tell me, you know, Oh, well, you know, like they're, they will come up to me and they'll say, Hey, you're the biggest motherfucker I've ever seen. Right. But, I have a discerning eye when it comes to myself. I don't sit there and, and be like, yo, okay, well, that's great. I'm big, whatever. Usually when I get a compliment, I figure, okay, this person, they're not uh, looking at me from a technical aspect. They're not sitting there saying, well, hey, well, yeah, he has this, but not this. You know, I, I kind of critique the hell out of myself. But when I looked at this guy, you know, and we're like the same height and stuff like that, and we're we're – Probably, you know, he's probably got me, I'd say, by about 20 pounds because just his physical appearance, his stature, he's not the biggest guy I've seen, but he's bigger than me and he is quite aesthetic. So looking at his physique, I evaluated, I said, hey, you know, if somebody's going to help me and he's a competitive bodybuilder, you know, I said, if somebody's going to help me to take my physique to where I want it to be, you know, he's the guy I need to ask. So I paid the guy. I told him, I said, Hey, what's your, what's your cash app? And I'd send him the money right there. I said, I'll give you a week to draft something up, you know, and push me to the limits. And I'm not going to lie. You know, he broke it down. I'm working out five days a week. And, uh, you know, he's, he's broken everything down into, uh, you know, body parts and stuff like that. And the way the workout he has me on, no joke every day after I leave the gym, before I even get in my car and drive off, I'm exhausted. You know, oh, is that why where that, uh, <laughs> that text you sent me the other day? You're like, man, I'm, I, I just got done working out. I'm more the fuck out. I have to talk to you later. Yeah, like literally. I was like, I was sitting there wondering, I was like, did old age finally catch up to his ass or did he just kill it? Bro, I just, <laughs> I worked out and uh, I came home and I ate, you know, I made sure I got my meal in, right? And uh, I was so tired, I passed out on the couch, you know. <laughs> I woke up like three hours later, right? And I was like, I was like, God dang it. I'm, I meant to fucking pin some insulin and growth hormone before I fell asleep, you know? So I said, okay, I'm out of my window for the, for the slim. So I said, so let me go ahead and, and pin my GH, you know? And then, you know, I had to adjust, you know, everything off of that, but messing with this guy, like I literally, like I've only, I, I forget how many, I've been doing this for a couple of weeks now, but I, I can already see changes just off of the, the change in the, in the training method, because this guy, he's got me doing a lot of supersets and, and it's just, you know, volume, like Jay Cutler told me volume is King, but I tried to implement that on my own, but, you know, seeking the advice of others from somebody who actually looks the part, who's the real deal, right. You know, that that's helped me so much. And I can literally see changes in my physique already. Yeah. I mean, I understand the volume is king thing, but man, the best results I've ever had were from concentration and making that connection between my mind and the group, the group of muscles and really contracting and feeling the squeeze. To oh, the definitely. Muscles. You've got to have that mind to muscle connection. Otherwise you're just going through the movement and you're not going to get anything out of that. You know, if, if yeah. you know, you have to, you have to feel it. And a lot of people, they sit there and they say, Oh, I feel it. I know once you once you've achieved that mind muscle connection and you can you can feel you can activate certain fibers and, and points in your body you know through the exercise by whether you're holding holding the uh 
the exercise at a certain point and then releasing and, you know, continuing with the stretch and, and emphasizing certain points of the movement, then, I mean, that's when you know that you're going to have that championship physique. You know, it's just a matter of the discipline, which I'm not going to lie at my age, you know, sometimes, you know, I, I like to eat, you know, if, if, if the world was a perfect place, I'd be eating, you know, chicken, turkey and fish every day with a little bit of potatoes some quinoa or some brown rice. But I'm not going to lie. Every once in a while, I, you know, I like to just go ape shit on the food, you know, so it's like it's not the best thing. And my my diet is carb heavy, you know, because I'm constantly trying to recuperate and, and you know, fuel, whatever. But I'm slowly transitioning over to a more protein based diet where, you know, I'm, I don't have to worry about these carbs converting over to sugars and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I understand that, dude. Like, I mean, there's just. I eat a pretty clean diet because I'm I'm trying to lose some weight right now um, and get get a little bit leaner. But man, there's just certain things that my wife will make that it's just like kryptonite. And one of those is fucking blueberry cobbler, dude. God damn it! <laughs> no, I hear you because every time you know, like they have a grocery store down here in Texas called H E B, right? And uh, pre coronavirus, as soon as you walk in the store, there is a donut display. Right. And they just had the donuts sitting out there. And, uh, Jesus, it, it used to drive me crazy. There, there was a, <laughs> it was, it was a strawberry lemonade donut. I don't know how, who the hell came up with that idea, but it looked so good that one day I grabbed one. Right. And it got so bad that, you know, was, once the coronavirus things shut everything down. You know, I was like, well, I'm just going to take this time off. Oh, it will be back up and running in a month. So here we go two, three months later before they open the gyms up, right? And uh, I kept walking past these damn donuts. And, but now instead of picking up one, I'm picking up like four. I'm picking up like <laughs> six, you know? So I used to have some pretty nice abs. You know, I used to be able to just like literally I would be that that jackass in the gym where some like smaller guy would come up to me and they'd want to flex, you know, they flex, you know, because they figure they can't beat me on, on muscle belly size. So they'll, they'll flex their abs. Right. So I'd be like, okay, cool. No problem. I'd lift my shirt up and bam, I'd, I'd hit the abs on them, let them see my serratus and stuff like that. And then they'd get mad and walk away. But now I'm not going to lie. If I did that shit now, I mean, even though I've been working out, uh, for what, maybe about a good month and a half, I guess. Right. You know, I'm barely, I'm barely leaning up. Like I, I actually look okay now, but I'm not where I need to be. But during that damn, uh, shutdown for the damn, uh, COVID-19. Yeah. Man, I look like professor clump from the nutty professor for a hot second there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, dude, uh, that's one of the things that made me, um, very grateful that I had my own home gym set up. That way I was able to kind of get through the coronavirus without uh, losing too much size. But, uh, yeah, it's fucking crazy how much the world's changing. I don't know if the world will ever go back to how it was before, to be honest with you. Well, to be honest with you, I could care less if it ever does as long as they keep the gyms open. That's that's my one and only priority because I used to have a, a huge home gym. I had, like, two squat racks, a couple of benches, you know, and I had probably about – 4,000 pounds in dumbbells and, you know, probably about 2,000 pounds in plates. And uh, when I retired out the military, I didn't feel like transporting that stuff with me. So I just left it there on the base. 
God and damn, it, no shit. <laughs> yeah. And then as soon as this coronavirus hit, I was like, why the hell did I do that shit? But, you know, it is what it is. You can only do so many push-ups at home, right? <laughs> yeah, because I, I bought what equipment I could buy, but, you know, everybody was marking prices up and stuff like that. And uh, working out in my garage is not the same as working out, you know, in a gym that has everything that you need, you know? Yeah. Well, dude, you know, there's one thing that I, I kind of wanted to, well, there's a lot of things I wanted to kind of get in your head about. But, I mean, you are one of the hardest working people that I, I've, I've known in my life. And you kind of live by, live and die by the, just the hustle mindset. I mean, you live it, you preach it, you work your ass off in business and, you know, in the gym. And I mean, where did that come from, dude? Cause that's not a common trait in people. Well, I'm gonna tell you like this. When I was, when I was a kid, right. I grew up and, uh, we ate a lot of potted meat growing up, you know, that, that little, that little slop trash that comes in the little can with the, with the, the devil dude on the, on the top of the can. Yeah. Right. It tastes about like dog food. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It looked like damn, uh, you know, like that, that damn shit, the cat, cat food, the little fancy, fancy feast or whatever. Right. Yeah. So we ate a lot of that growing up and on special occasions, right. You know, like, uh, my mom would cook special meals. And, you know, it was adults only, meaning her and my dad, right? You know, me and my brothers, we didn't get to touch the shit. You know, we might have got like hamburger helper or something like that. I mean, we weren't dog ass poor. I mean, my dad busted his ass and, you know, he was just in that time. He was, you know, he's a military retiree, but back then they weren't really paying shit, you know? And, uh, you know, when you're sitting there raising, you know, a family of uh, five and stuff like that, you know, there ain't a lot of money to be spread around. So, yeah. you know, and then, you know, I, when I was coming up, I saw the military as a sure bet on getting a paycheck, you know, to a lot of people that might seem like a poor choice, but you know, you, you kind of, you know, you know, it's, it's a simple lifestyle. All you got to do is show up in the right place, right time in the right uniform and, you know, keep your ass out of trouble and, you know, you can, you can succeed. So, you know, I, I pushed it in the military, you know, did my years, but during that whole time, you know, even as a, a teenager, I've always kind of been a hustler because I mean, just growing up, how I grew up seeing the shit that I've seen, you know, you, you admire the people that have things, but I've come to learn that a lot of people go about things the, the stupid way, you know, I'm not going to be satisfied, you know, rubbing two nickels together when I know that there's $50 bills out there to be had, you know? Yeah, and there's, there's no shortage of money either. I, that's the one mindset that I just don't understand is people think there's some short of sort of shortage of money and the well, money doesn't grow on trees, you know, it actually does. It's made out of fucking paper. Yeah. Paper's made out of trees. And we literally, the Federal Reserve literally just makes money up out of yeah, thin yeah. air. And I mean, people, well, I think people need to let go of the concept. See, I, I tell people, and I made a post about this recently on social media, you know, think of how much money you can make, not how much you can earn, you know, because, you know, when you earn money, right, you're basically, you know, um, restraining yourself. You, you put yourself within the constraints of society and you're going to earn what somebody tells you you can yeah. There's money out there 
I don't give a shit where you are, what you do. There's a dollar to be made. You know, I tell my son all the time, my son's a, he's in college and stuff like that. But I tell my son, I said, there's only two types of money out there. You know, the money that I'm making and the money that I'm about to make, because everything out there is accessible. If you want to make a fucking dollar, it's, it's out there to be made. You just have to be willing to, you know, let go of some of the, 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 the norms that society has, has put out there for you. You know, take the leash from around your neck and say to yourself, look, I have limitless potential and earning capacity. All I have to do is put my foot forward, quit having stupid ideas, right? And actually put together a plan and act upon it, you know? Yeah, I agree with you a hundred percent. That is one of my biggest complaints about, I call, I don't know if you've ever heard this term, but entrepreneurs, they're not entrepreneurs. They'll say that they're entrepreneurs, but it's like these young guys or, or whatever that constantly talk about building a business or they talk about doing this and they, they want to be an entrepreneur, but they never act on it. And my thing is, dude, you can read all the books, watch all the YouTube videos in the world, learn as much as there is to learn. But until you actually put an action in place, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Nobody ever earned a dollar learning something. Now, you know, you're always learning in the process of acting because, you know, for me to just do what I do, and never try to acquire more knowledge because, you know, there, there's steps, you know, I don't, I don't want to be the middleman. I want to be the damn supplier, you know, I want to, you know, I just want to be that direct line. I just want it to be, you know, simple. I want to be everything, you know, I want to be the whole distribution chain, everything. <laughs> I want it all, you know, yeah. because I don't mind. And, you know, like, like we were discussing earlier, you know, you only get ahead by, you know, having amicable relationships with other people in business, right? Yeah. Nobody, nobody just does it all on their own. You know, if you think you, that, that you're an island, then guess what? Eventually some tidal waves going to come over there and sweep your ass under the sea. But, you know, you build these good relationships with people, you establish trust and a bond, even though, you know, in some of the things that I do, you know, that's pretty rare. But, you know, there are people that kind of think old school like me and, you know, they're straight shooters and, you know, they have that concept, you know, just like me, that together, you know, we can be millionaires, you know, versus, you know, working individually, taking, you know, twice as long and, you know, just maybe getting there versus definitely getting there, you know? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, yeah, I mean, if, if, if a man, especially a man, if a man doesn't have a hustle mindset, then he's fucking lost. You know, you might as well just, you know, castrate yourself and and limit yourself, you know, which is, I mean, why the hell, why the hell even carry around a wallet, you know, (laughs) seriously. Well, see, to me, and this is kind of more of a uh, philosophical standpoint on this, but I, I want to get your take on this, dude. I believe that depression in men and suicide rates and all this. I don't have any data to back this up. This is just how I feel. I I believe that all that has gotten out of hand here over the past several years because men are, men are just miserable. They don't have anything they're working towards. And to me, work is what gives your life value in many ways. Uh, Right. 
you know, men have to create. And just like women, women can create in a way that a man can't ever create. A woman can create life in her body. But a man, you know, we have to create and build in other capacities. And I feel that a lot of men just don't have that thing to create that to to give them the drive in life. And they feel hopeless. I mean, do you agree with that at all? No, definitely. I go to the grocery store every day. You know, it's 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 funny. And I know it's not you know, economical, but I, I go grocery shopping every day, right? Why? Because I can't, I have that luxury, you know, it's like, I don't sit there and say, well, you know, I'm going to plan out my meals for the next two weeks. And, you know, that way I can save X amount. If I, if I feel like buying a damn Wagyu steak, you know, for, you know, however much money, then that's what the hell I'm going to do. But I mean, it's like, I go to the grocery store and I see these guys they're like my age, maybe a little older, and they're sitting there and they're wearing their work clothes. They got this this dress shirt on with the top the top button undone, collar open, their tie hanging kind of open, and they look exhausted, you know. And I'm sitting here thinking, this dude is not enjoying fucking life. It's seven o'clock in the evening. You're still wearing your work clothes. And you're looking like you're a fucking cunt hair away from committing suicide. Hey, dude. Uh, I mean, when we first started talking a few years ago, that was me before I retired from the nine to five shit. Well, it was actually more like uh, (laughs) fucking four o'clock in the morning to seven o'clock at night. But I mean, that was me. Uh, And just a few years before I retired, you know, I created Leaving Weakness. And was able to replace that income. And I know how to long to longer be that branch manager of a vending company that I was fucking miserable at because I felt like my life was going nowhere working for somebody else. And I started creating on leaving weakness. And I was like, holy shit, the more I create, the more money I attract. And eventually, you know, I was able to retire from that and do this for a living. And my happiness has increased exponentially. Because I feel like I have purpose now. No, and that's the, that's the thing. You know, there's a difference, you know, a, a whole nother level of satisfaction when you work for yourself and the fruits of your labor are determined by you versus working for somebody else. And no matter how hard you work, you're only going to make so much. Well, yeah. my well, the, the real fact is, no matter how hard you work for somebody else, you're only getting a fraction of the percentage of the money that you made for that company, which is tragic. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. You're, you're yeah. killing yourself and just wasting your life away to make somebody else rich. And all you'll have to show for it is some bogus 401k at the end of it. You'll be 77 and won't be able to fucking live your life anymore. (laughs) Yeah. You know, it's fucking absurd. I don't know, dude. I guess I caught on young to the lie that we've been sold forever. But I just knew that every bit of that just didn't seem right. And I don't know how people now are still going along with this bullshit. I made my mind up like uh, it's going on seven years for me since I ever had to like, you know, punch a clock since, you know, I I retired from the military. Right. And when I got out, I was like, you know, I said, you know what? I don't have to work. I'm not going to work, you know? So seven years since I retired and probably about uh, 10 years since I started, uh, 
developing, you know, what others, some people might call their brand, my brand or whatever. Right. Yeah. But once I realize the potential in this, then this is what I said, I'm going to set my mind to, you know? Yeah. You know, because I was like, okay, hey, you know, if, if, if this is working for me, then let me make the most of it. And there have been times where, you know, people have, you know, doubted or, you know, laid, you know, shade or whatever. And it's like, you know, you just have to persevere because, you know, you can't let naysayers hold you back. You know, if, as long as you know that what you're doing is working, right, then, then you have to go with it. As long as you're seeing something meaningful result out of it, right? Because other people who are doubting you, they don't know how much money you're making. They don't know what satisfaction you're getting out of what you're doing, right? But, you know, I take pride in the fact that I'm going on this long and I'm, I haven't had to worry about, you know, submitting a resume because, oh, I need a job, you know? Yeah. Well, dude, we're working right now. Yeah. And I, I can't believe it. Like, this does not feel like work to me. <laughs> like, yeah. I, I, like, we are fortunate to be able to do what we do, you know? Yeah, exactly. You know, I get it all the time. I'm sitting there, you know, and I'll take the time. I'll, I'll talk to people on, you know, different social media platforms and stuff like that. And they were like, man, you know, oh, I'm at work and this and that, and, you know, this sucks and I, I need a change or I'm thinking, I wish I could do, you know, like you and this and that. Like some guy asked me the other day, hey, how can he, you know, do what I'm doing? You know, I, I gave him full disclosure. I, I told him everything he needed to do, you know. All, all he has to do is just take advantage of it and find, find his niche and just boom, it's there. You know, well, yeah, I'm not going to, I'm not going to sit there and hoard information, you know, because guess what? You know, if this dude becomes the next, uh, big thing or whatever, you know, he may feel obligated that, Hey, you know, he may help me out somewhere down the line, you know, dude, but, my mindset about it is I want everybody to be successful on this planet. I want everybody to be successful. Like there's no shortage of success, just like there's no shortage of money. And to me, there's so much negativity and hate in this world that where, I mean, everybody just wants to fucking hate and shit on everybody else. It seems. And to me, if everybody worked together to try and build each other up and just sit back and said, Hey, you know, I got this shitty situation in my life and everybody worked together and focused on, you know, you know, being successful in life. I really think everybody would be too fucking busy uh, making money together to be hating on everybody. Yeah, exactly. No, that's very true. You know, that whole uh, the crabs in the bucket, you know, conspiracy thing that, that's, that holds back so many people. Whereas, you know, if we all just, you know, work together and, and just, you know, just coexisted in a positive manner, then, you know, we could all benefit from it, you know. Because, you know, your viewers, your listeners would become mine and, 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 you know, it would be reciprocated and everybody would benefit from it, you know, but, you know, you got people with egos and, and stuff like that. And, you know, they want to be, you know, all of that, you know, it's just like, even like my first YouTube channel, you know, it's, it's so funny, you know, because that thing was growing fast. I was getting like a thousand new subs each week. Right. And then all of a sudden, bam, within a period of two, three days, you know, it was, I was kicked off of YouTube. You know, and we're talking thousands of subscribers, right? Yeah, I remember when that happened, dude. You were yeah, pissed. and I yeah, I was I was so irate, and then you know a bunch of people were irate, and then uh, they targeted who they thought you know was the culprit, and you know that person ended up you know losing all their channels and their subscribers, 
And then, you know, a couple of months later, you know, somebody who was more uh, in depth in the industry, they disclosed to me because the person who screwed me over pissed them off. So then they sent me all the screenshots of their communications together where the guy told him, you know, that he was behind my, my, my YouTube channel getting banned. And what's so funny is it was somebody who approached me just prior to my YouTube channel getting banned that wanted to collaborate, you know? So I was like, wow, you know, that's just how shady, you know, some people can be, you know? Fucking snake in the chicken house, man. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, it's just, there's, there's, there's just the, everybody, you know, they want all the success and they don't want to share any limelight, you know, but I'm not necessarily concerned about that. You know, I just want to be successful, you know, and, uh, you know, anybody who's willing to, you know, hear me out, then, you know, I'd like for them to hear me out, you know, but other than that, you know, I'm not sitting there trying to be, you know, the one this or, you know, whatever, number one at this or number two at that, you know, I just want to etch out my own piece of success and continue to do so, you know, and, you know, if I quietly rise through the ranks and so be it, but I'm not going to sit here and, and kiss ass and, you know, and brown nose to get where the hell I want to be. Cause you know, it, it never worked for me before, never had any interest in, in that type of, uh, you know, relationship with anybody. So I'm just going to be me. 44 is going to be 44, you know? Yeah. Well, what do you think about this issue where, and this, this, uh, this is just a very common thing <laughs> I've experienced on my journey to prosperity. Uh, people, who haven't really achieved anything on their own mm -hmm. or even try to, they are like the most critical of other people's efforts. So like in reality, they haven't done anything and they're the most unqualified people to be given advice. You know I mean? Yeah. yeah. They're I always the I, most vocal. Yeah, they are. Yeah. And like whenever I first started getting into like buying rental properties, I had, the people closest to me were trying to discourage me from buying rentals. Oh, you know, how are you going to deal with someone's, with someone's toilets backed up and all this shit, you know, just constantly putting out all these things to discourage me, not thinking that, Hey, I can develop a system to deal with those where it won't be an issue. But what do you think about that? Why is that so common? Well, I think people have their own, I mean, we all have our own insecurities, I'll call them. Right. But certain people who can't, overcome their own, you know, misery loves company. So if they're too scared to venture forth on their own, you know, then they don't want anybody else to be successful with that, you know, because it's like, you can have, you can have a million friends. And I, I tell people that I'm very close to this all the time, you know, because I'll sit there and impart this bit of knowledge with people that I give a damn about. Take a look at your friends, the people that you associate with and, if they're not doing anything that you aspire to do, if they're not where you want to be, then why are you wasting your time? You know, I mean, you can uplift people, but some people don't want to be uplifted. They want to be fucking dragged along on your coattail. And at the same time, while they're dragging onto your coattail, they're fucking slowing you down from achieving your own success. And they're going to, they're going to add weight to it by adding negativity, that, that, that negative energy, those, those responses and comments that, you know, try to fill you with doubt 
because in the end, what it is, is they despise themselves and their inability to act upon their hopes and dreams. So they'll be damned if you achieve yours, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's disgusting. Absolutely disgusting. But I mean, that's just the way of the world. And it's like they want they're like backseat drivers and they want to tell you how to steer and where to go when you're driving. But they won't take the steering wheels of their own car and drive their own fucking life. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm hmm. And to me, it's kind of like goes along with that. Hey, uh, why don't you try and make sure your own room is clean before you tell everybody else how to clean their house? You know, yeah. Yeah. they don't get it. They don't want to get it. And that's why they're stagnant when in what the hell they do, you know, because they people sit there and they talk about wanting to be successful, but seldom do they act on being successful. And, well, and, they're, and they're so judgmental. Like I've had I've, I've had, you know, comments you know, on, uh, it's just funny. Like this one guy, uh, when I was a, a bodybuilding forum owner, I let him, uh, promote on my forum totally free of charge. Right. And then when I asked him, uh, for the ability to be able to promote on his first thing he said was, um, well, you know, you're going to affect my pockets. And I said, so, you know, how so? Because, you know, I'm letting you exist over on my domain but now that i'm asking for a favor and i wasn't talking about some you know undetermined amount of time i simply asked for you know three to six months right and he said i'm not going to lie to you you know whatever you promote it's going to sell and that money's going to come out of my pockets so he's like, he's like my answer is no and i was like really and he was like yeah you know i hate to sound like a prick but that's that's what it boils down to you know, and this guy, I helped, you know, uh, you know, I was, I was, he had my videos on his, on his, uh, forum and stuff like that. And he thought that that was a great idea. It would bring people over there and it did. Right. But when it came down to, uh, generating revenue, right. That's where he drew the line. He didn't care how much I had done for him, you know, in an attempt to build a relationship, you know, he was more concerned with a few dollars in his pocket. You know, but I mean, that's the way it goes. You know, I expect people to do what people do. And nine times out of 10, people tend to let you down. So, I mean, that's just been my experience in life. So, you know, my whole mantra is, you know, born alone, die alone. I don't count on anybody except for my fucking self, you know, because in the end, I've got my back, you know? Yeah. Well, you, uh, there was a quote that I read the other day, uh, that was really interesting that uh, it was actually Rodney Dangerfield <laughs> and uh, he was talking about setbacks and people not feeling fulfilling commitments that they make and just, just overall people letting you down and making you feel discouraged. And his, the quote that he had was something, something to the effect of they're all trying to hold you down, fuck them all, go through life like a tank. <laughs> and yeah. I was like, that's great advice. <laughs> you know? mm -hmm. It is. That's solid because, uh, a lot of those people, they're, they're not going to be there for you in the end. All right, guys. So we're about halfway through today's episode. And since we're at that halfway point, what we're going to do is take a quick break and get some plugs in for our sponsors so we can get you guys some uh, discount codes and some coupons your way that you guys will probably be interested in using. Today's sponsor is Proven Peptides. Proven Peptides is the industry leader in high-quality American-made SARMs. 
While other SARM companies claim to give you pure and tested SARMs like RAD140 and LGD, these folks actually prove it by third-party testing each and every damn batch of product and then publishing the results on their website for the entire world to see. They also offer a money-back guarantee and a one-day handling period, as well as an over-the-phone customer service department where you actually get to speak to a damn human being. So if you're looking for high-quality SARMs and other research chemicals like S4, Cardron, and MK677, go to ProvenPeptides.com and enter the discount code LEAVEWEAKNESS. Again, that's discount code LEAVEWEAKNESS to receive 10% off your entire order. Today's podcast is sponsored by my friends over at AminoAsylum.com. Now, I've worked with a lot of different peptide companies over the years and brands that make research oils and more advanced compounds like that. And what I can tell you that I've kind of come to realize is that it's always a 50-50 shot whether that company is going to be amazing on every front or just complete garbage. Everything that I've used by these guys over at Amino Asylum has been top-notch quality, and they got some really cool innovative products, guys, like these amino blends that are designed to accomplish very specific results. And they're also my go-to source now for male enhancement items as well as research oils such as mint. And from what I can tell, they only use quality ingredients whenever they create every single one of their products. And they've even shown me where they've had customers independently test products and post results with uh, blood work to support this. Now, their goal is to do whatever it takes to make sure that their customers leave each transaction satisfied. So they're one of the few research chemical companies out there that actually has a customer service department that does take care of their customers' needs and concerns and addresses issues when they come up. So if like there's a delay in an order, this isn't one of those asshole companies that just avoids emails and DMs. They always get back to people within 24 hours to let you know what's going on. So if you're looking for a good peptide source or any of the other compounds that I've mentioned, go to aminosylum.com, and if you find anything on there that you're interested in and you want to give them a try, well, you can use the 10% off discount code that they provided our listeners, uh, which is LW10. Again, that's aminosylum.com, discount code LW10. So a lot of people know I've been a huge supporter of Kratom, and it's played a major role in my sobriety. Um, I think it's a wonderful uh, herbal medicine if used responsibly. And I've actually got a new Kratom company that I've been working with, and they are called Elevated Botanics. And this company not only has Kratom, they also have some really high-quality CBD products that are all locally sourced, and they also have things like kava, they have mushroom blends, things like that. Uh, they do free shipping for all orders, which is very rare, and every single order actually gets free samples of different Kratom strands. So if you like order two or three different Kratoms, they'll send you a sample of something that you did not purchase. Great company to work with, um, good customer service. They do third-party testing on their site. Um, got a coupon code for 10% off, leaving weakness. And their website is elevatedbotanics.com. 10% off coupon code is leaving weakness. Give them a try. You won't be disappointed. I don't think you can do business anymore half-hearted. I think you have to go all in and straight up just allow yourself permission just to be obsessed, you know, to be Mm -hmm. a madman, you know. Mm -hmm. Because whether you succeed or fail 
right? There's, there's something learned. There's something gained, you know, even if, even if you, you flop out, you know, there's, there's a lesson to be learned. that's going to make your next endeavor better, you know? So do you believe this whole idea that the consistency is everything that as long as you just keep going and outlast all the, all the obstacles, you're going to find the success eventually, as long as you just keep going. Yeah. As long as you, as long as you persevere eventually. Yeah. Cause you're going to have bumps and bruises, you know, don't think that along my journey, I haven't had the, the shit kicked out of me from time to time. You know, I've, I've lost quite a bit of money in different times, you know, but the lesson learned from it is now, you know, guess what? I don't, do things with my own money. You know, I use other people's capital to make things, <laughs> you know, but it's, it's, it's like, um, you know, I, I don't have any complaints, you know, um, like I said, you know, the things that I do, you know, um, I think that there are people that recognize the value in it, the, the sincerity, right. You know, and, uh, I, I try to keep it real and I don't, you know, I don't uh what's that word that everybody uses on the forums? Oh, I can't remember it. Uh what do you call it? I can't remember, but basically I'm not a piece of shit. Yeah. You know. Yeah. I'm not gonna you know, everything dealing with me is not gonna be all fucking, you know, uh roses. You know, sometimes, you know, something, you know, may not fall through, especially when you have other people uh involved, right? But, you know, as long as I'm consistent in my standards and, and in what I do, and I, I put forth my best effort, you know, to be a straight shooter, then I believe that, you know, success is going to come, you know? Well, I agree with that. And, you know, what is it? The, the, the hardest rock withstands time the best or whatever that old saying, but, you know, in all of my different endeavors, whether it was, you know, the real estate business that I have, or if it's my website or whatever, man, it seems like the, the, the people that are closest they to you, they're the ones that try and discourage you the most, whether oh, it's family, absolutely. whether it's friends. And it's the crazy thing is, is it's like, if things aren't really working out for you at that point in time, the way that you had hoped that they would or whatever, it's like those people really try and convince you that giving up is just the best thing to do. And they say this shit like, oh, well, we just we love you the way you are. You know, you don't have to do that. Or, well, you did your best. Just put it behind you now. Like, what the fuck? That's not what I need to hear. You know, I want to hear, hey, keep battling on. Like, why the fuck? <laughs> you know, I mean, do these people just not want to feel alone in their misery or what it is. I mean, have you experienced any amount of that in your life? Oh, absolutely. I mean, it seems like the people closest to you, those are your biggest naysayers. And, you know, what it boils down to is they'll support you in the, in the idea because they're sitting there saying to themselves, oh, this is going to make money. So everybody wants to, they want to kiss your ass, you know, because they, they want to be in on it. They, they want to reap some of the benefits, right? But when it doesn't happen as fast as they want it, Oh, you've been doing this for so long and it just doesn't seem to be going anywhere. Well, I never disclose any of my business, uh, you know, fully to anybody. Right. So I always know what the hell I have coming in and what I got going out. But, you know, just because my effort doesn't benefit them. Right. It doesn't mean that it's not successful for me. 
you know, because I, I mean, it's, it's my money. I'm going to do what the hell I want to with it. I'm going to use it. How I want to, I'm going to save it. And I'm going to, it's just mine. Right. But, you know, I'm not some, some tightwad, you know, asshole, you know, when, when things are great, then, you know, for those people that I give a shit about, things are great, you know, but you can't sit there and, and live your life based upon somebody else's expectations. You got to have your own because those same people that, you know, they, they sit there, you know, I, I laugh about it because, um, I tell people, you know, I was like, you know, two years ago when you were fucking giving me a hard time about it, you know, let's count up the money that I've given you since then. Right. And then they, they don't want to have that discussion. I've got family members that owe me fucking money. I've got family members that have passed away and family wasn't able to, you know, pay for the funeral, but who do, who the hell do they call? They call me, you know? Well, just cause it's blood don't make it good, man. <laughs> yeah. I, oh, I, I'm a big believer, you know, family, <laughs> this is going to sound really shitty, but family ain't shit. You know, I mean, you, you don't get to pick your family, but you should be able to, you know, it should be, it should be like a fucking leasing agreement. You should be able to renew your terms or fucking walk away from the shit. You know, in my <laughs> opinion, you know, I mean, that's just, that's just how it is. Yeah. Because it's like, you know, I don't need, you know, don't, don't, don't doubt me when I go through a rough patch. Right. And then when all of a sudden everything's, you know, uh, you know, shits and giggles, all of a sudden you're my number one supporter, you know? Yeah. I mean, you know, that, that whole, you should just hang it up. You know, we love you. Our bullshit, man. That's not what people that are wanting to prosper in their life need to hear. You know, I need to hear people say, Hey man, Stick you need to work it. harder. Uh, yeah. Hey dude, you haven't achieved enough. Yeah. Like, don't fucking come home till you had a badass day, you know? Yeah. I mean, yeah. Don't be complacent, you know? Nobody, oh, oh, don't you think you're doing good enough as it is? No. My, my, my whole, my, my lifestyle evolves around one word, and that word is better. Because I want to do better. I want my income to be better. I want my lifestyle to be better. I want my quality of life to be better. I want to do things better. I want to work better. I want to think better. Everything, every aspect about my life. I want it to be better. It might be good now. It might be fucking great, but I always want better because if I become complacent and sit on my ass and I'm satisfied, right? If you're never looking for that next opportunity and then something, you know, comes to pass, right? Now you've lost that income, you know? So you've always got to be on the prowl. You've always got to have, you know, something in reserve. You know, I just recently, uh, I had a long standing relationship with uh one of the companies out there and you know they came to me because this is the the going trend in the fitness industry they're like hey you know we've had a lot of success with you know people working off of codes and you know um they earn their income off of their code and if they as long as they hustle and bust their ass you know we've had guys make you know five thousand eight thousand dollars a month well, that's because every waking moment they're sitting there trying to bust their ass and for a single thing that even though they're getting, let's say, 10% of what income that they generate for the company, they're not sitting there thinking, well, that's 90% that I'm giving away, doing your bidding, benefiting you. When I dealt with companies, I dealt with flat fees. Hey, this is, this is my expectation for this, this long each month, blah, 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 blah. And I never had a problem with that. 
You know, I didn't make these fees so outrageous that they weren't amicable and beneficial for both parties. Right. But, you know, this company, when they came to me with that, then I looked at it and I said, well, you know, let me think about it. <laughs> you know, and I just kind of put them on the back burner for about 10 days. And I told them, I said, yeah, I don't think this is going to work for me because you're not going to belittle what I do. You know, because I've had, you know, companies tell me, God damn, you know, you've generated so much fucking, I've spent money on forums. I've done this, I've done that. And I've never made as much money as I have fucking with you. So I'm not going to sit there and, and, you know, belittle myself and take fucking, you know, pennies on a dollar, you know, doing somebody else's bidding. Guess what? You know, I'm fully capable of generating my own income. I just don't understand why any company doesn't understand that you, you got to invest money to make money. People are an investment. I guess the next part that I want to talk about is like victim mindset. Like the woe is me shit. Well, I deal with people like that all the time. So, I mean, it's like, you know, these people, you know, always the victim. Oh, everything's working against me. No, you're working against yourself. You haven't thought outside of the box enough. You're not willing, you know, and that's why, man, I, I really love the, 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 you know, that whole leaving weakness, right? Uh, name that you have, that brand. Because people, they, they, you know, they're not willing to leave their own weaknesses behind. You know, they sit there and they hold on to it like it's a fucking safety net. You know, it's not a fucking blanket. It's a fucking noose. That whole thing, that name of the site, I'm not trying to pat myself on the back or anything, but I called it that, you know, six years ago when I started the site because I wanted to leave as much things behind me that were holding me down. And mm -hmm. I started the blog off as like, I don't know, kind of like a, a documentation of me trying to improve my life. You know, I was documenting rental properties I was buying and all this shit. Mm -hmm. and, uh, I, you might've seen it. I don't know, but uh, a couple months back, uh, probably in the earlier part of this year, leavingweakness.com got really stagnant. And, you know, I was only putting out like one thing a month. The The thing was, is about a month, two months ago, I put up a, a blog post saying where I've been. And it was me holding a uh, one month long sobriety coin uh, because I had let some uh, issues with alcohol over the past few years get out of hand. And I looked back, sat down and I looked at my life and I was just like, this is a major weakness in my life. And I've got to do something about this and leave this behind. So I decided to become totally sober from alcohol. And, you know, and part of being accountable was me putting on the site, a whole blog post about here's what happened. I'm holding myself accountable. I'm not perfect, but, uh, we're all in a journey together here on trying to prosper ourselves. And this is me making that step for myself. And, you know, I'm proud to say I'm 66 days sober now and yeah. all areas of my life have improved. Oh, congratulations on that. And see, that's, that's a major step that a lot of people don't want to do. They don't want to hold themselves accountable by you documenting that you always have a reference point. Yeah. You know, and you can go back and look at that and, and it fucking hits hard, you know? Yeah. And every month that I'm sober, uh, I put at least an Instagram post of me holding my coin that I got tonight before. Like today, uh, 
I, I go to AA every Tuesday at five thirty, and last night I got my two month chip, and uh, you know, threw a picture of that on Instagram just so people know. Well, honestly, man, maybe it's just so I know that I'm holding myself accountable and showing the world, hey, look at this, because maybe somewhere in me. I guess I'm thinking that if I don't do this every month, after a while, if people don't see me showing that I held myself accountable and left that area of weakness behind in my life, maybe people will say, hey, are you fucking still sober? You know, mm-hmm. you preach it, but are you living, we- leaving weakness behind? You know, it's, it's just, you know, it's a never ending journey. And like, you know, like we discussed earlier, you know, people are going to have bumps and bruises, right? But you have to, uh, determine you know what about you or your life is fucked up right and you have to fucking own it and you have to decide whether or not you know to fucking you know cast it away or to embrace it you know like i know i'm not the best person i tell people all the fucking time i'm not a very nice fucking person you know but you know just seeing the shit i've seen in my life coming up the way i come up you know, dealing with the Marine Corps and stuff like that. I mean, it's kind of taken a lot of empathy out of me, right? But well, in the I same, think it's, it's important for people to know that you are actually in Fallujah when the shit hits the fucking fan. So there's no telling the <laughs> horrific shit that you've seen. <laughs> probably scare the shit out of a lot of people, you know. But you know, and it's even for me that was a, a battle as far as you know, like fucking. PTSD and shit like that. Like I, man, I used to be like really high strung and like, uh, at the drop of a fucking dime, you know, like shit could go from, you know, just, uh, being highly alert to fucking highly dangerous, you know? And even today, you know, I, I don't take a lot of risks as far as being susceptible to bullshit, you know, everywhere I go, you know, I'm not going to say what the hell I have on me, but I'm prepared for fucking 99.9% of all fucking hostile situations, you know? Well, and, I mean, I kind of think everybody should fucking kind of have that mentality because you hear about shootings that happen in movie theaters and stuff. All they need is a person like you or me to have a concealed carriers to fucking take care of that bullshit situation. <laughs> yeah, 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 pretty much. But, you know, there's there's a lot of idiots out there that don't really need to be carrying firearms. You know, oh, I hate that's, to say that's also true. <laughs> yeah, you know, that's that's the one thing I'm glad about that, you know, even though, you know, in the state I'm in is, you know, open carry, you know, there's a lot of idiots that shouldn't be allowed to carry a firearm. You know, but I mean, it's like, you know, I have the benefit of some training and, you know, thank God some discipline. So it's like I can I can make a fucking, you know, reasonable decision about who the fuck needs to be double tapped or not. You know, so, I mean, this whole victim mindset, I mean, of, you know, woe is me. Everybody's treating me bad. It's always someone else's fault. I feel like that doesn't fucking hasn't served anybody for shit ever. <laughs> no, and, and all it is is their their failure to realize that nobody's treating them badly. They're treating themselves badly. People only step on who the fuck they feel that they can step on, you know. But, of course, people with the victim mindset, they just figure that, you know, you're shitting on them, you're picking on them or whatever. And, you know, at some point in time, you get tired of that. You know, and you're going to have to fucking let them go, whether it be fucking personal relationship or business, because their negativity is going to fucking eventually fucking suck the positivity out of your life as well. 
Yeah, and to me, we no one really knows what happens after we fucking die. <laughs> so, in my opinion, uh, the only thing I can be sure of is we got one shot at this. <laughs> yeah. so, so do your fucking best and quit blaming other people for what's not working out for you. Because, man, I used to be like that. And that never got me anywhere. You know, I wanted to blame this politician because of this or whatever, you know, or this person that I worked for, for this, me not making enough money. And when I quit being a little bitch and complaining about all the shortcomings that I thought everybody else was responsible and I actually did something about it is when my life became what I wanted it to be. I've got relatives right now, right? Whenever something goes wrong, they're calling me. You know, I had a relative ask me, can I borrow $20,000 because I want to uh, open a small business, right? And I told them, I said, you realize that you are a, a single black woman. I said, small business loans would love to fucking throw money at you, right? Mm-hmm. And I said, but here's, here's the problem that I know. I said, you don't want to have scheduled payments. You want flexibility. So you figure by coming to me, a family member, you're going to get flexibility. So you're already looking at delaying paying me back, you know, because you figure, oh, he's family. If I give him an excuse, then I don't have to pay. But whereas with the bank, you have to pay on that day. God. Damn. So I was like, you know, already the answer is no. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they basically asked you to be a hard money lender that they never have to pay back. <laughs> exactly. And I, I've had family members, you know, like I tell them, I said, if, you know, I, when I used to loan out money, I'd be like, okay, so if I loan you this, when are you going to pay me back? I need a hard date. And they tell me a hard date. And I, I don't, I don't say shit to them. And when that day comes, I better hear from them, you know? And I just, I had somebody ask me just for uh, $150, right? So I sent them the $150. <clears throat> that day came. And the day passed, didn't hear from him. Two days later, I called him up. I said, Hey, I didn't hear from you. And granted, it was only $150, but I don't give a fuck. It's my $150. Yeah. You had, right? you had to fucking work to make that 150 bucks. <laughs> yeah. So I called them up and I said, let me explain something to you. I said, it's just $150. It's not going to make or break me. I said, but I will drive to you and spend that same $150 in gas just to fucking get $150 of something out of you, whether it be fucking flesh or your fucking blood. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Well, I mean, some of the best best medicine for people is the worst tasting medicine. Yeah. So needless to say, they had my $150 to me within the next 10 minutes. Oh, damn. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, that's just, that just shows you. That's why... You know, I don't, I don't fuck with family. I, I never do business with family. You know, uh, damn. If I tell you what, if our listeners take <clears throat> anything out of this, God, please take that out of there. Cause whew, I've dealt with that a few times myself and it never fucking works out ever, ever works out doing business with family. Yeah. I got a brother, my middle brother. That dude owes me money to this day. Right. But. I don't really like that motherfucker. So, um, I just, I don't even bother him for it because he doesn't call me. He doesn't bother me. That dude lives in, I live, I live near, you know, 
in and around San Antonio, right? Mm -hmm. He lives in Austin. So it's like a 45, 50 minute drive, right? To, to his place. He doesn't bother me, <clears throat> doesn't call me, doesn't text me, nothing because he knows he owes me money. So that's one less headache in my life. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I, I, I bought myself some fucking permanent aspirin at a, at a good price. That's <laughs> how I see it. But you know, everybody else, you know, I, I don't have room for that. I, I deal with people, you know, and some of my best business partners are people that I've never met in reality in person. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But we have a mutual understanding and respect and we know what the fucking goal is and we achieve it on a regular, you know? Well, let's, let me probe you on something else here. Uh, some other, I know you've been involved in a lot of different types of businesses and you've dealt with a lot of people, man. And oh, man. So how, if you were to give someone advice on, you know, spotting what I called earlier a, a snake in the chicken house, you know, people that make commitments and they never fulfill them or people that steal your ideas, you know, and fuck you over and shit. How, how can people see those things coming? And when they do happen, how can they just use that as scar tissue and fuel in the tank? Cause that's really hard sometimes for people to not only get over, but to keep going after it's happened. Yeah. Well, some of the people that'll fuck you over are some of the most successful people in business, especially the fitness industry. Right. So it's like, you know, and, and they kind of got there, they climbed to the top by fucking stepping over the cadavers, you know? So it's, you always have to have yourself in the best position where you bring something to the table, mm -hmm. you know? So it has to be basically something where it's, it's 50, 50, you know, they may supply, whether it be capital or, uh, different avenues of exposure or markets, right? Mm -hmm. But as long as what you bring to the table, they can't do without, then you don't ever have to worry about somebody fucking you over. And you always have to treat yourself as a commodity, as a valuable commodity at that, right? You know, but all of this takes, you know, you have to make realistic assessments of yourself and of them. Because uh, you know, once you get a taste of success, there will be people approaching you on a regular, you know, wanting to fucking reap the benefits of being associated with you. Right. Yeah. But, you know, you have to be able to discern, you know, you have to have that discerning eye and you just have to look for little clues, little indicators. When I deal with people, guess what? You know, Hey, I, I treat everybody like a gentleman. You know, my, my thing is, you know, all I have in this world is my balls and my fucking word. Right. So, you know, if, if I tell you I'm going to do something, it's going to get done and I expect no less of you. Right. And nine times out of 10, if, if there's something, uh, a profit to be made, then you've got to show me that you want my services. So you might have to fucking, you know, come out of pocket if you want to fuck with me, you know, that's just, man, because if it, if it goes to shit, then guess what? It's not a loss on me. But, you know, if I fucking extend myself out and I say, hey, you've got a solid idea, I can see how we can do this, right? You know, then I'm going to 
start where it's more, and this is how I always do business. I always do business where it's more beneficial for the other party uh, at first, you know, so that way they can start getting a taste of, hey, this is what's possible, right? Mm-hmm. And then, you know, that kind of that kind of gets their claws, you know, your claws in them, or they say, hey, my, li- my life is better, right? Well, hey, we can grow from this. Right. And then you just make it clear, hey, you know, I bring something to the table. As long as you are a valuable asset, then people are not going to rid themselves of you, no matter, you know, and if they think that they're, they fucking outgrown their britches, right? As long as you know what you bring to the table is something that they can't do without, then eventually there's, they're going to start to descend, you know, and they're going to feel, they're, they're going to feel the pain and they're going to come back. You know, and then it's totally up to you on whether or not you deal with it. But then, you know, you take that, that, that fucking, um, deceit, that, that fucking scar tissue that was built up, right? You know, and you, and you make armor out of it. And then you tell them, look, you know, you fucked me over before. So now you've got to fucking pay. You know, this is what I require of you in order to fucking get back in my good graces. You know, so that scar tissue, you know, it's a constant reminder. You know, you can't sit there and, and fucking be like, oh, I used to be so fucking beautiful. Now I have this scar. No, you're fucking enhanced. You're better built for the fucking rigors, you know, that, that life might dish out to you, you know, the fucking adversity and stuff like that, because that scar tissue is more resilient than just your, your fucking base flesh, you know? Yeah. So you, you got to treat scars like fucking body armor. They're, they're fucking serving a purpose. They're reminders of how not to get fucked over, right? You know, and, you know, what happened previously to get you that scar, but at the same time, it's fucking making you battle ready for the next endeavor. Yeah. And, you know, you, you need to be battle ready because I tell you what, uh, oh, Elon Musk has a uh, really interesting state uh, quote about starting a business and running a business. And he said, Starting and running your own business at first is like chewing on glass and staring into the abyss at the same time. <laughs> yeah. That's that's it, you know. But I mean, you know, sometimes you have to have the attitude like, okay, I started out with nothing because, I mean, you weren't gaining anything from not doing it, not trying, right? Yeah. So any 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 positive benefit that comes afterwards – is a win, you know, you know, if I invested, you know, let's say fucking a thousand dollars in something and, you know, I turn around, you know, out of that thousand, I make 1500, then I still, you know, made a positive out of it. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, I may have been expecting to spend a thousand and make 5,000, but as long as I'm in the positive, then it's a win. It might be a small win, but it's still progress because that same 1500, I can turn around turn that 1500 into maybe three grand you know yeah so i mean you got to have a positive outlook but you can't have a foolish outlook because fucking life ain't all fucking sunshines and rainbows you know so you just sometimes you just got to have a bit of skepticism with a lot of optimism you know yeah i agree with that 100 percent. i mean and going back to what you were saying about relationships you know, any success that I've had has come from two things, consistently hard work and just, you know, keep fighting the good fight and two, maintaining good relationships. Because, I mean, it's to me, it's easy to, you know, create a business relationship with somebody, but the hard part is maintaining it. 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like you said, you know, you both have to be like-minded. There, there needs to be a, uh, a sense of maturity in both parties because, you know, you're going to have ups and downs, but, you know, definitely you should have more ups than downs and none of the downs should be self-inflicted, you know? <laughs> that's a hell of a statement right there. I, that's very true. Um, you know, what are some things like for our listeners that they're thinking they've had an idea for a while, you know, that they want to start creating something or they've got a business idea and they're still working their day job because they're fucking miserable at it. And they want to take the same path that you and I did create their own life, you know, but they're kind of unsure. What, what, what would you tell those people? Well, this kind of, it goes back. I was, I was talking to my son. He was talking about career possibilities, uh, post-graduation. And I told him, I said, you know, you have to, you know, I told him in reality, college is just a fucking piece of paper that says, uh, you, you fucking suffered through somebody else's bullshit long enough. And you basically paid for a piece of paper by showing that you did your fucking homework. And now you're, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, you know, I said, you have to, you know, put yourself in these, these are things that I tell my son. You always have to fucking deal with life from a position of power, meaning you have to put yourself in the best place possible to always dictate your own fucking life. Right. You're not always going to be able to do so. Right. But even with careers, like I told him, whatever job you get, just make sure it doesn't have to be the best job. It doesn't have to be the ideal job because this younger generation, they all want to do what the fuck they love right off the bat. Right. Well, I, I don't have any interest in that or, you know, I, I can't see myself doing that. What's the fucking money look like? Because that job that you're going to that you're going to go to. That job is just a job. It's not your career. It's just a vehicle that generates income to fuel what you really want to do in life. You know, so, you know, if you're working some nine to five job or some 12 hour shift job, as long as you make enough money that you can set aside some funds to invest in what it is that you really want to do, whether you have to work that job for fucking five days or five years, right? to get where you want to be, then you have to be determined. That's the first step. You have to be determined on making your fucking dream job, you know, become reality. And you have to be disciplined enough where you can set aside, you can take money from that job, right? That you're going to develop your career out of the gen, uh, out of the revenue that that, that job generates. I mean, yeah, you know, because it's like, I never, think of shit like, well, you know, like this is what I do for a living. No, you know, that's what I do to make money. Right. But this is what I want to do with that money that I make. So that way, because I'm telling you, people have this fucking, this earning mindset. Well, I went to work and, you know, I fucking, I work 40 hours or I work 60 hours a week and this is what I earn per week. I was talking, there was some dude on fucking YouTube who made a comment and he was like, um, you know, I fucking went to school and, you know, I got my master's and, you know, I make, uh, $80,000 a year. 
and I can see $80,000 a year. That's not bad. No, not at all. You know, but you know, he was being condescending towards somebody else. So I chimed in on his ass. Right. And I said, bro, I said, you make 80,000 a year, right? You fucking pay your, you got college school debt and shit like that. And he's like, well, I got accepted into the master's program. So they didn't cause me. Okay, cool. So you didn't have to pay for those two fucking years. Right. But you still got the other four that you're in debt for, right. That you got to pay back. So you're already fucking working out of a hole. Right. I said, but fucking $80,000. I said, that's, that's decent. You know, that's commendable. But I'm, I said, I can absolutely do nothing but sit on my fucking ass and I can make 80 grand. You know, I can put forth minimal fucking effort and I can make 80 grand. Yeah. Cause, you know, cause you use the power of your mind. <clears throat> yeah. To make that money. So I was like, so to sit there and fucking come off on this guy who's working a fucking honest job and doing what the fuck he needs to do with the tools he has, you know, that shit ain't cool because, you know, you people get caught up. Oh, I make this much. I fucking, you know, if, if I fucking wanted to blow my own fucking horn, right, I could sit there and be like, well, guess what? I make fucking six figures a fucking year. You know, I fucking managed to take care of multiple fucking households and fucking drive this and drive that. And, you know, but I have fucking bigger aspirations than that. I'm not, you know, I'm not satisfied with whatever, you know, you know, I'm, I'm sitting there like in the end, right? At the end of the fucking day, when I go out to my fucking driveway, the car that I have is a nice fucking car, right? I got a fucking, I got a few cars, but you know, my, my fucking, my fucking main daily driver. Right. That, that I had, which, you know, is a fucking, you know, high end car. I just fucking gave it to my son. You know what I'm saying? Good for him. Like, <laughs> like, like he was, he was like, you fucking for real. <clears throat> and I just gave it to him. So he's like, he got pulled over by the cops one day and they're like, Hey, this is a nice fucking car. You know, is this your car? Uh, he's like, Jesus. yeah, my dad gave it to me. All right. Yeah. And he's like, well, you don't see too many cops. Dude, don't fucking worry about all that bullshit. You know what I'm saying? But it's like, you have to fucking aspire. I take places, right? Where he can have a thirst for fucking quality. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Because I don't want him to sit there and say, you know, like you can go to the mall all day, right? And you can go to the regular fucking stores and shit like that. And it's great. It's fucking, I commend anybody who has a fucking enough money in their fucking pocket to go wherever the fuck they want and to be able to buy shit that they fucking want. It doesn't matter how much money you make, right? As long as you're satisfied with what you're doing, as long as you're happy, don't ever be satisfied, but as long as you're happy doing what you're doing and you're striving to do better, then I commend you. I fucking pat you on the fucking back. My fucking hat's off to you. Hey, right? absolutely on the never satisfied. People always yeah. ask me, when are you going to be satisfied? When is enough enough? I hope I'm never satisfied. I hope I am never satisfied. But yeah. that's what keeps me going, man. Yeah. But, you know, I, I tell my son, I was like, so everybody is walking around this part of the fucking mall. I said, so go over to fucking Saks Fifth Avenue. Go over to Nordstrom's. Go over to Macy's. Right. Go to the high-end stores, right? And there's less of a fucking, you know, uh, population of people over there, right? I said, that's where the fuck you want to be, 
we were walking to the mall. He's like, Dad, why is that cop looking at you? I said, one, because I'm big as fuck, and it's obvious that I'm on fucking steroids, right? I said, two, I said, because if you look at my fucking watch, it probably costs more than he makes in a fucking month. I said, if you look at my fucking shoes, it probably costs a good portion of his fucking paycheck. You know, they fucking see certain things. Don't let that fucking distract you. I said, there's fucking envy. And I'm not saying I'm anybody to be envious of, but I bust my ass. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm, I'm proud of the fact that I can honestly say I bust my ass. Well, like I got that at the beginning, man. You're one of the hardest working fucking people I've ever known. <laughs> yeah. Every fucking day I'm up at 5 a.m. and I might not go to bed until fucking 2 in the morning if business dictates it, you know? But in the end, I don't give a fuck because there's times like this. I'm not really working. Look at what we're doing right now. We're working, but I'm enjoying it. We've been on this, we've been on this podcast for shit. 97 minutes, right? Yeah. But it, to me, I'm not busting. Yeah. I'm not busting a sweat, you know, but I'm advancing my, my endeavors, you know. We're both getting something out of this that's beneficial. And the thing that you said to your son, you know, about going and looking at these things that are out of his reach that he would should want to obtain. I kind of do that, too, in a weird little way. You might think this is kind of funny, but uh, I've never been really motivi- motivated by material things. Yeah. Um, but w- I do like to get on the Internet and shit. And I like to look at stuff that's way out of my level of ever considering paying for something. Yeah. And I sit there and I, I, I think, what would it take for me to get to that point? And when I get to that point, what are the other possibilities? You know, and I kind of think differently about certain things than most people. You know, uh, my wife wants to get like a really big ass house. It's real fucking nice. And to me, you know, we'll probably fucking do that because that's what she wants. But to me, I would rather live in a, a three bedroom, two bath, modest little home. Because to me, that would mean our family is closer to one another. And I would rather have one okay house and have a shitload of apartments that I own all over the country and us travel and stay in one of the apartments as we travel. Yeah. Yeah. No, see, see, this is a funny fucking thing, right? You go, you go places with your significant other and they're looking at six hundred, seven hundred thousand $700,000 homes, right? I go places and I might see a $160,000 home, you know, what they call like a starter home or whatever around here. Yeah. And that's just fine for me because I look at it like, Okay, the fucking mortgage on that shit will be dirt fucking cheap. You know, I can pay that and what what the fuck I make, you know, on a good business day, right? And that means once that's taken care of out of the other 29 days uh, out of the month, that's all profit, you know? Yeah. But it's like, you know, people people want extravagance and shit like that. And there's nothing wrong with that, you know, I guess, you know, because I'm I'm just getting to the point where, you know, I figure I bust my ass hard enough. I deserve a few nice things, right? They're reminders. Yeah, you know, because it's like, um, like I take my son places, like um, <clears throat> we went to this Brazilian steakhouse, fucking uh, Chama Gaucha, right? And uh, we went there and he's like, he's like, why are we here? And I said, because you need to fucking eat good shit. You know, you need to fucking enjoy certain things. I was like, dude, when eventually I'm going to get 
to an age and I'm not going to look the way I look now. Maybe I said, you know, this is something that you can take the reins on, you know, as long as you just do what you need to do, bust your ass, you know, have a certain physical appearance or whatever, be able to garner the attention of some audiences and stuff like that. Right. I said, you know, I do this for me, but I do this for you as well. But I was like, I don't mind dropping $150 on fucking lunch if it's going to show you the difference in quality behind that meal and just grabbing something at fucking, you know, fucking Wendy's, you know, you have to have certain expectations. Rich kids who have rich parents who have had rich families for generations, right? They don't go to fucking McDonald's. You know what I'm saying? They have acquired a certain taste for a certain lifestyle. And once you have acquired that taste for that lifestyle, you come to expect it. You fucking demand it, which means you demand more of yourself because we weren't born with a silver spoon in our mouths. So we know we have to fucking bust our ass to acquire those things. Yeah. So, you know, hard work, you know. Like I said, you know, I'm up at five in the morning, you know, granted, I'm not working all the time. The, the, <clears throat> the greater part of the best part of my fucking day is going to the gym and working out. But guess what? That's work for me. Because if I didn't fucking look the way I looked, a lot of people wouldn't fucking listen to shit coming out of my mouth, you oh, know? Yeah. So Greg, guess what? You know, I work out because I love it, but I also work out because fucking business dictates so. And let's, you know? hey, let's face it, if we, you and I don't work out, we feel like shit. Feel, like, yeah. Literally feel like shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like fucking that goddamn coronavirus lockdown. Man, that was some depressing shit. But, you know, it's like, um, I mean, oh, it is what it is. But... They just locked us back down up here in Kentucky uh, yeah. for the second time. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, fuck that. I'm telling you. I was, I, was, uh, I was telling my son, like, when the lockdown started, the first thing I was doing, is, uh, I was, you know, I'm a big gun head anyway, so I got, I got a shit ton of guns, but I started just stocking up on assault rifles and ammo. That's what I did, dude. <laughs> That's what yeah. I did. And he was like, he was like, why are you buying all these guns? And I said, well, I said, if it gets so bad that, you know, the groceries, because the grocery stores are fucking scarce as far as getting stuff, they were fucking, you can only buy two of this and one of those, right? And I said, here's the fucking thing. I said, if it gets so bad, we can always go grocery shopping at somebody else's house. <laughs> Dude, you, you ain't going to believe what I did. Well, you probably will because, uh, you know, I kind of think ahead a lot. But I went out and bought a big fucking deep freezer, man, for 300 bucks. And yeah. I went out to the local farms <laughs> around here that, like, like had their own slaughtering uh, uh, <clears throat> houses and shit. Yeah. And I went out there. And I, like, there's one place that has their own, like, slaughtering house for, like, chickens and stuff. It's like a local, like, grass-fed place up here in Kentucky. Yeah. I went over there, bought 10 fucking whole chickens. 200 bucks, man. I was just like, yeah. 200 bucks, I'll buy 10 of them. Sounds great, you know? Threw those yeah. in the freezer. Uh, buddy of mine that I do uh, some real estate business up here with, uh, we went in and bought a fucking cow together and had it slaughtered. He took half, I took half. I put that fucker in the freezer, dude. Yeah. And then the rest of my fucking available funds, I went out and bought fucking ammo. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But it's so funny being black and buying ammo and guns. It's fucking funny. I went to a fucking gun store and, uh, 
I just bought like 1500 fucking rounds of 762, right? <laughs> and there's this fucking, there's this older white guy and he's looking at me like, why are you buying all this ammo? But the fucking funny thing of it was, is he had a fucking shopping cart full of shotgun shells. Like literally, he must have had at least a couple of thousand fucking rounds in there. But he's looking at my black ass like, why the fuck are you buying ammo? Wow. You know? Hey, man, and you I'm, got shit you want to protect too. <laughs> yeah, freak but it, was just, it was just so fucking funny, man. But I was like, you know, it's like, yeah, you know, it's just the whole fucking thing is just weird. But, you know, I just think, you know, bottom line is just what it all equates to. In, in life, I, I think of everything with a fucking dollar sign in front of it, right? How can how can this fucking better me financially, business-wise and stuff like that, right? But, you know, it's like, how can I enhance my way of living and how can I advance the way I do things, you know? Yeah. Well, you know? I also, so, I, mean, I also, some people think this is nuts, but to me, Making money is a spiritual journey. Yeah, definitely. A lot, and a lot of people don't understand what I mean by that. But to actually make a million dollars, to actually make a million dollars in hard cash, that takes a lot of determination and willpower and consistency and self-accountability. I mean, what it takes for the average person to pull out of their inner self to make money like that. It, it's yeah. a spiritual journey to me. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'd laugh. Sometimes I'd laugh and I'm fucking somewhat disappointed in myself because I've blown more money than some people make in their entire fucking lifetime, you know? And it's like, whatever, but you know, it's like, you know, you live and you learn, but anyhow, Hey, uh, I'm, I'm like getting really fucking constrained for time. Um, yeah, you want to go ahead and wrap it up? Yeah, I actually have some work I actually got to do to fucking make some more money. But, uh, <laughs> all right, hey, man, appreciate it, bro. We'll do it again soon. All right, man. We'll talk to you later. All right. Bye. Later. All right, folks, there you have it. Episode with our friend, The 44. I want to thank our guest, The 44, for coming on and showing us some love and uh, spreading some of his knowledge and experience. I really hope it helped you guys out. Uh, if you're interested in following The 44 on like his YouTube channel, which has a lot of great information, uh, he's also got an Instagram and a Facebook. You can find the links to his pages in the show notes. Just give one of those links a click and it'll take you right to it. I also want to thank today's sponsors, Proven Peptides, Amino Asylum, and Elevated Botanics. Anytime you guys support our sponsors and use our coupon codes, you help support us so we can sustain the website, so we can sustain this podcast. Appreciate you guys. We'll talk to you next time.